coming up at 8.35 to talk with us will not be uh, Congressman Bruce Westerman. Uh, we're going to have uh, a former state legislator, David Meeks, on today. I haven't seen, I don't think face-to-face. It's been at least five or six years, David. Yeah, face-to-face, but I still listen to you every morning on my commute in. Well, so. we we talked from, I've, I text you a lot of times about things back in the day. He told me just a moment ago. Jimmy, I was, I was talking about things that we had done about human trafficking that he passed legislation about, and then I, I covered while I was at the Capitol and uh, was talking to him about it. He says it was 10 years ago. 10 years, 2013. 10 years ago. Well, 10 years ago doesn't seem that long ago. Congressman, I'm getting old, brother. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, it's true. It is it's true. true. It is not a lie. I am just getting old, and I, it. I looked at David, I, I know I looked like, well, my, my dentures fell out of my mouth because <laughs> I thought it was about six years ago, ten years ago. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. Speaking about that, let me just ask you, Congressman, I know yep. nationally you guys keep your eye on human trafficking, and we're going to show Sounds of Freedom on Friday uh, to our listeners over at Riverdale 10. We're going to do a, a roundtable. Hannah from PATH is going to be there with me, and we're going to tell people all the the, t- the terrible details about uh, human trafficking. Uh, is that still resonating in the, in the halls of Congress? You bet. Uh, Ann Wagner of St. Louis uh, carried the legislation last Congress that uh, tried to interdict it, including uh, shut all the dark websites where uh, there was a lot of money exchanged for human uh, trafficking victims. And, of course, uh, it continues to be a focus of what we're trying to do as Republicans to secure the border. Uh, we don't think, you know, Biden gets it. Uh, and as a compliment that you and uh, the Speaker of the House are on the same page, he's hosting Sound of Freedom for all members of Congress to come watch uh, with him uh, in about a week cool. in the Capitol Visitor Center because uh, he wants to make sure that issue is front and center, not only as it relates to uh, international policy like uh, – stopping it in China or stopping it in a foreign country. But, you know, when you interview people, Dave, and I know you've done this, and you ask, you go to, like, Centers for Youth and Family in Little Rock, and you ask them where are their young people, you know, human trafficking victims that they're helping from, they'll say, you know, Jonesboro. They're not from international. They're from being trafficked right here in the United States. That's exactly right. Next-door neighbors. Yep. And I think it's a wake-up call for people because I, I really think it is true that people put a uh, – when they see the word trafficking, they put a an international connotation mm-hmm. to it, which is right. It's an international problem. But sadly, it's a problem right in our own neighborhood. I, I agree. It could be that next-door neighbor, and it doesn't have to be a girl either. It can be a boy. Yep. And they can be – two years old i'm just telling you mm-hmm. it Absolutely. is insidious it is disgusting and it's got to get stopped and that's why uh you know it's a multifaceted approach and, and this is why having the fbi focus on it domestically working with local police departments doing training doing training at our uh nonprofits, doing training in our schools uh and just making people aware uh, you know it's there's so many things in life that could be solved if we follow the same direction that's on the sign at the airport, which is see something, say something. Yep. Um, and this is just another example of that. But I do think people just aren't aware of just how prevalent it is. And that's why this movie and, and showing the movie is such a powerful force. Go ahead, Jimmy. Uh, Congressman, you talked about the dark web. And 
we talk about how it's not just an international issue, but it's a local issue with our kids. But the cartel is so involved in it. T- tell us how involved the cartel is in in getting this on the dark web and operating it on the dark web. Well, it's 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 multiple cartels, multiple networks of people doing it. But if you look at just the, uh, the traffic of kids on the southwest border coming to the United States, I mean, they're charging five to seven thousand dollars cash for everybody trafficked across the border. That's uh, as you know, hundreds of thousands of people a quarter. And so, this is one of the biggest money makers for the Mexican cartels is smuggling people across the border. Frequently, many times, you don't get a, a double or nothing. You have to pay each time. I mean, one of the one of the things you'll hear from Customs and Border Patrol is how frequently they catch the same people a few weeks later, and they've paid again. And some of those people, when they make a payment, it's a promissory note. And they have to go to work uh, for some illegal activity in the United States. It doesn't have to be prostitution. They might be working illegally in a restaurant for somebody in Atlanta. Uh, so the cartels are making a fortune off human trafficking, and then they do control that uh, access to the American border. And in some instances, they control, you know, an illegal labor operation of those trafficking victims in the U.S. Yeah, and uh, we see it in the state, and our local law enforcement deal with it every day, and, and they make human trafficking uh, arrest every day in the slave labor while we talk about the sexual end of it and the sexual predators the slave labor is a big part of it which you which you touched on you're basically yeah. signing your life away to to work and your debt never goes away yeah that's basically the truth as far as that's concerned congressman let me move away from that because we're going yeah. to talk about it in the next half hour with david meeks and uh, and and discuss Good. that and give away yeah. some tickets for the movie coming up on friday but let me talk to you about the National Defense Act. That's uh, going to be up for vote here uh, very shortly. How how is the uh, how is that going? Uh, are Republicans and Democrats being able to at least on our national defense meet halfway? Well, I think at the leadership level on the committee, the bill passed out of committee. Uh, I think fifty three to one vote. We had one far left guy vote no in the committee. It came to the House floor and it only passed the House floor with Republican only votes, which I thought was uh, too bad because generally you're absolutely right. For sixty three years, the NDAA, the National Defense Authorization Bill, has been passed about uh, on a bipartisan basis. But look, this year the Republicans had to pass it because we wanted a five point two percent increase in pay, the largest pay increase for twenty years. Uh, we wanted to focus on readiness. <laughs> but when you focus on readiness, we wanted to systematically cut out of the bill all this incra- crazy Joe Biden progressive left stuff. You know, so we cut out the funding for teaching critical race theory to military people. We cut out uh, the DOD's chief diversity officer. We cut out, uh, you know, an advisory committee to the secretary on social justice and sexual orientation. Uh, it was, and we've cut out a lot of stuff on uh, some of their over-the-top uh, climate people. So we focused on military readiness. We focused on countering China, countering Iraq, countering Iran and Russia. It's a military bill. It's not a social justice bill. Yeah, and I agree with that. And uh, with the way the, the world stages. <laughs> Being populated by bad character actors, it makes sense that we should be ready to fight. But 
We're not. I mean, the president calling up reservists tells me they're really far behind in your recruitment efforts. Well, they called up uh, 3,000 reserves for uh, Europe uh, last Friday. <laughs> and I talked to uh, the folks uh, at, at the Pentagon and our committees about it, and they said it was basically the uh, just normal summer rotation of 100,000 people, you know, that rotate in and out of Germany uh, during the course of the summer. And so they felt like it was, I mean, I, my folks, Republican contacts in the committee were saying they thought it was pretty routine. But they are short on recruiting, and that's why we put an emphasis on this bill on recruiting. And we let people get their honorable uh, discharge back if they didn't take the vaccine, for example. That was a real detriment to recruiting, uh, mandating that some young, healthy kid take uh, the COVID vaccine. And some people were discharged over it. So we reinstated their uh, retirement benefits. We reinstated that they had an honorable uh, discharge. So we made a lot of key changes in the bill uh, that I think made it probably the most conservative uh, defense bill, and uh, certainly since I've been in Congress. Well, it's crazy to to worry about wokeness over being able to defend your country. I mean, that's just amazing to me. I I, I talked to one of my uh, grandchildren just recently and told them I couldn't look them in the eye and, and say, directly to them, you know, the, the military is the place to be to protect the nation anymore. I, I, I just don't feel that way. Well, plus, to protect the nation, uh, grow up, learn leadership skills, learn a, a skill that may benefit you the rest of your life, serve your country, uh, you know, all the great benefits for a young person to go into the military, we want to be focused back on that. Leadership, physical fitness, career development, how to be a ready force to defend the interests of the United States and not go around talking about you know, all this, you know, what other word other than woke, but all this social nonsense that they've infiltrated the military with. Um, and I've got people, you know, who uh, I've known who've been in five, six, seven years. They're not renewing. You know, they're not staying in because they're tired of going to HR meetings. They want to go to the gun range. Well, you're just not going to. Well, I don't want to go to the gun range and. And have some guy in a skirt next to me. I mean, I, 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 it just blows my mind, Congressman. It really does. That's why people listen to my show. This is where wokeness comes to die. <laughs> Are we, well, we're you, seeing... you'll, be proud, you'll be proud to see it. It went to the, uh, the House Republican Congress to die as it relates to the Pentagon. Good. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. Make it happen. Go ahead, Jimmy. Well, we're, question for I'm just, it's really more comment. We're, we're witnessing in the military what law enforcement agencies have been going through in our, our state and county and municipal for a long time. It's just in the military. It's on steroids. I'll just say this. You know, the military, I want to train people how to kill the enemy. That's our job. Yeah. I mean, listen. I mean, I hate to tell people that. Rush was right when he used to say, you know, it's to kill and and break stuff. That's exactly what we were supposed to do if necessary. Just what we had to do. Congressman, hold on. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll finish our conversation at that point. I need to remind everybody, if you're still, uh, you know, suffering from, your knee pain, your back pain, your shoulder pain, or whatever, take my advice right now and call QC Kinetics. QC Kinetics can make uh, that pain go away with all their natural, advanced, regenerative medicine. They're helping people here every day with these amazing natural treatments. 
that restore and repair damaged joint tissue. It's like turning back the clock. Uh, Regenerative medicine uses concentrated healing agents from your own body to stimulate that damaged tissue in your joints so that they can work like they're supposed to, and there's zero downtime. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in this exciting medical breakthrough. Patients here are getting real lasting relief and uh, are saying there's no surgery or drugs that they have to take. So if you've got pain due to injury or arthritis, this is a remarkable option that you need to check out. And the consultation is absolutely free. Call QC Kinetics at 501-222-8440. 501-222-8440. QC Kinetics. 501-222-8440. Oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Julie, hey, guess what day it is. Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Leslie, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! That's right. It's closer to Friday than it was on Monday. It's a good day. And since it's hump day, first hour of my show first half hour, at least, of my show. Every uh, hump day is with Congressman French Hill. Uh, He is up in Washington, D.C. again. They're back up there after they had their uh, little bit of a break. Is that not correct? You guys are back in Washington now? Are you back in Washington, Congressman? We are. We are back. This week uh, we're debating uh, the reauthorization of the FAA, the air traffic control and uh, error system of our nations that's a big topic on the house floor this week did balloons come up (laughs) (laughs) that's a good point you know we're not regulating those chinese balloons like we used to that's right Uh, by the way have you guys called Buttigieg and asked him to come in and talk to you and uh, explain to him why since he's been head of traffic that the airlines have gone to crap well, we really don't need to because he's on permanent parental leave. We've just let him leave. <laughs> but, but, but the good news is, Dave, the good news is what we did is we gave him one of those around-the-world tickets. You never get off the plane. He just goes oh, around, good. around Well, I like that. I think that's exactly where he should stay. So what's the big question on that? Is it? Uh, I mean, it's not like Reagan when he had to come in and fire all the air traffic controllers. Everybody couldn't believe he did that. But, the bottom, but it sure cleared things up really Really quick, what are Republicans doing uh, dealing with the problems we're seeing at our airports right now? You know, you know, mostly it's about uh, air traffic to make sure we have enough air traffic controllers uh, here in Washington D.C. They want more slots; they'd like to have more long-distance flights into Washington. So that's actually kind of a controversial position because some uh, markets, including Northwest Arkansas, Little Rock, think that well, gosh, if uh, D.C. gets more long-distance uh, flights, that maybe they'll cut out direct flights to cities like Little Rock or Northwest Arkansas. So that's <laughs> being debated. Another one is, do we have a pilot shortage or not? And the statistics that uh, we've seen indicates that we've actually uh, had a pretty good hiring surge of pilots over the last three years and that all the major airlines have a sufficient workforce. But there is an amendment to extend the uh, age from 65 to 67 for uh, pilots, and a lot of the a lot of the pilots in Congress, we have two commercial airline pilots in Congress. Uh, they don't think it's a good idea because they don't think they're going to improve the uh, health qualification resources. And this is something I didn't know, Dave. Uh, internationally, you cannot fly international routes if you're over 65. 
I didn't know that. And so, yeah, I didn't know that. So think about this, that if you're a senior pilot for American Airlines and you're 64 years old, probably what, what routes are you trying to get? The international route. Yeah. Because they pay more and you can work like, you know, one week on and two weeks off or whatever. And so they couldn't, if they extended the age here, they couldn't actually fly internationally. And so that's not in not in conjunction. So that's a pretty controversial uh, debate we're going to have as well. But other than that, look, it's about making sure our airports have slots, make sure our airports have uh, the resources they need for a rapidly uh, growing uh, consumer that wants to fly and fly affordably. So what else is, uh, is going on in Washington, D.C. besides the uh, defense bill. I mean, that, that that's a big, big fight that's going on right now. Well, obviously, we're going to start in the next uh, six weeks. We'll be working on all these spending bills to implement our cut to the Biden budget, and that's uh, a big issue. But this week, we have the president of Israel is uh, <clears throat> speaking to the House uh, today, and we had to have a resolution yesterday, Dave, you'll love this, to reiterate our friendship with Israel because we had Jayapal and Talib and AOC out saying anti-Semitic stuff yep. uh, all weekend. And uh, so we brought a House resolution. And, uh, of course, those people voted against it. It says uh, Israel is a partner in the United States. Israel is not a racist country. Uh, Israel is an important foreign policy partner to the U.S. And those same uh, anti-Israel members of Congress voted against it. <laughs> but we got them on record, and that's what matters, I think. Well, we got we got a few Democrats that went along with what uh, we've been saying all along. But as I always say, a broken clock strikes the right time twice a day. So, yeah. um, you know, I, it doesn't mean a hill of beans to me about the Democrats if they vote right once in a, in a blue moon. So with that, I'll let you go, Congressman. Thank you so much Great for all your time. You. Hey, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye now. Thank you. All right. The first time I can remember meeting you, you were on location at Honda World there in Conway. I was. Walked in. I haven't been back to Honda World in a while. Yes, yes, sir, Aaron. What do you got for me? Okay. Oh, I. Oh, he wants to talk about human trafficking. Did you say? Okay. Well, <laughs> Congressman Westerman is on. You've confused my producer, Congressman. Uh, well, maybe maybe I'm confused, Dave. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> let, let, let's jump in. Let's. I'm going to bring you in. But we're talking about human trafficking, and I, let me let me explain to everybody why we're spending time on human trafficking. Friday, we're doing a free showing, and I understand uh, the speaker is doing a free showing for you Republicans in the House next week. Uh, we're doing one Friday at uh, Riverdale Ten for our listeners, Congress, Congressman. We're going to have a. Uh, uh, a, a group discussion before for about uh, 40 minutes, and I've got the folks from PATH on here locally that are going to talk about what's going on here in Arkansas as far as human trafficking is concerned and how serious of a problem it is. It's a, it's a problem so serious that as we talked to Congressman Hill in the last half hour, you all have been involved with it. Uh, you've run legislation. You're going to be voting on it again here shortly about human trafficking and it 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 is a a very very insidious problem not only in america but all over the world correct oh absolutely and uh it's it's good timing that you're talking about this today i've got a bill that i had last congress that we're uh, we just uh, are filing it again called sarah's law 
uh, Sarah Cruzan was trafficked as a child. She was groomed and then uh, sex trafficked, and she ended up killing her trafficker, and she got sentenced to life in prison without uh, parole. Wow. Fortunately, she was pardoned, uh, but we've got a bill to... Uh, it would be on the federal side, obviously, that uh, reduces the sentencing for people who've been trafficked if they commit crimes against their trafficker. Have you been lucky? We are, we are, oh, go ahead. We are going to uh, watch that movie next week. McCarthy has started movie night. We did Lincoln this week. Ah. And uh, I don't know if it's going to be next week or, or whenever, but the next one we do is going to be the uh, the one with um, – uh, the guy that played yeah Jim Caviezel Jesus and the Passion of Christ yeah Jim Caviezel yeah he's gonna he's, yeah, he's going I had a whole group in my office yesterday talking about this uh, this bill that we called it Sarah's Law last Congress but she wants to change the name of it to the Child Sex Crimes Victims Protection Act um, uh, she she doesn't want us to call it Sarah's Law this go around. Is it is it that she she wants to kind of put that part of her life behind her? She don't want to be reminded about that. Uh, no, she just wants to uh, uh, put more focus on the issue instead of herself, right? Instead of her personal story, because there's so many people who have uh, uh, have gone through what she's gone through, and I had had several of those victims in my office yesterday. And, you know, you hear about this stuff in the news, but when you sit down and talk to somebody that's been through it, it really brings it home. Um, just unimaginable the that one human would do that to another human. Yeah. I, I agree. It the, the, the sex slavery trade or just the, the slavery trade that's going on right now uh, makes the North Atlantic slavery trade during the height of slavery for here in the United States and things of that nature, England, pale. I mean, pale in comparison, how millions upon millions upon millions of people are in, in slavery today. I mean, we don't have to go looking very far. We can look over in China at the Uyghurs. Yeah. yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. Well, they, you can look in uh, in the Congo with uh, the, the child slave labor money, cobalt. Yes. Actually, I saw an an undercover video that was the most one of the most disturbing things I've I've seen. Uh, and when the, when you first start watching the video, you're I'm thinking, what what is this? There were a bunch of sacks, like feed sacks, with the tops tied, and people standing around. And all of a sudden, they start opening these feed sacks, and there's there's kids inside these sacks, and people are going up and taking them and and paying others for them. I mean, it was a horrendous and to think that that's going on in the world today you know david meeks is is has talked to so many of these victims and has actually sat down with them and stuff and david when you deal with these folks and they could be local they could be international they could be one from africa one from south america one from as french hill said from jonesboro what's the common thing you see in these folks that have been trafficked well, first of all, thanks, Congressman. He was actually one of the huge supporters of the bills that we passed back in 2013 in Arkansas. So he's he's definitely been a, a supporter and been on it. Um, but, the, you know, it's the fear. They don't want to be in it at all, period. Uh, but 
because of you know they're threatened their families are threatened their friends are threatened they don't feel like they can actually get out of it and so they're not only dealing with everything that they're going through but they're also dealing with the fear as well of hey if i try to escape you know isn't not me going to get hurt but are my friends or my family are these are these vile human beings going to go after them as well i mean yeah we we talk i've talked to to david about this many many times and spent in fact we spent hours on the air talking about uh this situation uh you dealt with polaris i i had you spur my memory about that who are some of the, the groups that you've been working with? I'm sure your path has been in touch with you, Congressman, but what about uh, these national groups like Polaris, et cetera? Are they involved with you as well? Yeah, and you know we've got a, a bipartisan package of bills that are, uh, uh, are working their way through Congress. So just yesterday there was a, a big group of folks on the Hill um, meeting with many members, um, and uh, there were there were so many in the group. I can't remember all the acronyms, but um, there, there's a, a huge network of organizations that are out advocating on behalf of, especially children that are being uh, trafficked. And you know, I want to commend David for the work that he's done there in Arkansas. He's always been a leader uh, on the sex trafficking and human trafficking uh, legislation and uh, so so good to see him still in the fight working to, uh, to make the world a better place. And you know one thing that I've noticed in visiting with the victims is there's also um, they, they talk about the, the guilt and them feeling like they can't really um, go to go to people and talk about what's happened because they feel guilt for, for what they've been doing when especially children that got groomed and and put into these situations um, that's that's a terrible thing yeah. and they should be able to go to authorities and talk about it I agree it's, it's it is definitely a terrible thing I I was uh, I guess I can say I was lucky enough to have several survivors on my show during that time and uh, it, 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 it's just a sad, sad story from every person that I've ever had talking about it, and a terrible story and a terrifying story. And, David, you can speak to this really quickly before we go to break, that uh, these traffickers threaten uh, the families of these victims at times. Yeah, that was one of the common themes, as I said, is that, you know, hey, um, a lot of times they don't really care about themselves, you know, because they're in this. Again, they feel the guilt and shame. They just want to get out of it. But when you tell them, hey, I'm going to kill, I know where you live, and they can give you the address, give them even schedules, okay, I know when they go to work, I know when they go to school, I know, you know when they go grocery shopping or whatever, then that is, like I said, it is, it is horrific to have to live your life like that, not only in fear for your life, but in fear of those that are around you, uh, any friends you may have, um, knowing that, you know, if they did get hurt, that you would feel responsible for it. And so it's not just the, the person that's being trafficked, but a lot of times you also have to go out to the to family and friends as well. All right, back with you here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, about 7.54, good to have you with us. Uh, we're trying to 
trying to get things set up, and uh, and I can understand uh, both sides want to be on it uh, basically at the same time on this issue that that uh, Jan Morgan has brought up on her Facebook page dealing uh, with some horses and the way they're being treated down in Hot Springs and Hot Springs County and things of that nature. So we're working that right now. Just let you know. I want everybody to be able to get their side out. I, I think that's one of the reasons my show has lasted as long as it has. We try to deal in facts for people. That's why I listen to you every morning on my you know, drive-in day. You, know, you get to, you get the facts. Absolutely. Well, you know, I is it true that you got the app on your phone now, Congressman, and you listen every morning? I'm no, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I, I listen when I'm back in radio range. I got you. I got you. But I'm I'm just telling you. You know, we're going to talk about that after in the next uh, half hour. I want to go back to this topic that we're talking about because it's so serious, David. Uh, when you got started, you were the guy basically that brought you turned the light on a little bit on this. Well, I, I give all the credit to, to Pastor Rick Bazette and New Life Church in Conway. They held a, a movie screening. Um, I don't know if they still do that or not. They held a movie screening on Taken, and I was curious as to how that would relate to church and to the Bible. And he tied it into human trafficking, and so that was my first foray into it. I gave him a card. You know, campaign got elected. You know, that's my pastor. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Right. So, so give credit where credit is due. The church uh, had a big influence on that. Uh, got me into human trafficking. Uh, as far as the study and research of it, found out Arkansas was one of the worst states in the nation as far as laws and statutes and stuff. So, worked with PATH. Uh, you know, worked with other legislators like Congressman Bruce Westerman at the time, uh, Senator Irvin, Senator Rapert, and then you go over to the left, Senator Elliott. Senator Letting, um, so we had a bipartisan uh, group there, and we were able to pass a very comprehensive uh, piece of legislation uh, over three bills, and Arkansas then became one of the strongest in the nation as far as human trafficking law. So it was part of the work we've done, and, and I know that the legislature has continued uh, the work there. They passed more laws this year. Uh, Governor Sanders has also stepped up as well, um, had an executive order uh, regarding human trafficking, and so the, the work continues to go. Uh, because we know the, the issue's not been solved yet, unfortunately. We know it still happens here, right here in Arkansas. So appreciate Governor Sanders, the legislature, and then Congressman uh, Bruce Westerman, uh, you know, Congressman Hill, uh, continuing to work there on the federal level because it's still a problem. Uh, it's still something we have to deal with. All right, you'll get to hear David on Friday night. Man, he'll be joining me over at Riverdale 10 uh, during the roundtable that we'll talk about, about human trafficking, hear what he has to say. He'll answer your questions as well. Uh, it is, as I say, insidious. Insidious means yes. that it's in the dark. Yes. You know, and it's a terrible, terrible thing. And, Congressman, thank you for joining us today on the Dave Ellswick Show as well. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah, great to be with you, Dave. One thing, uh, last yeah. thing I'll point out is, you know, the Biden administration lost 85,000 children. Yeah. That's according to a New York Times uh, article that came across the border illegally and they they don't know where they are now so let that sink in should never how many of those yeah and that's why the the hr2 bill that we passed out of the house the secure the border act had very strict provisions in it to stop uh trafficking of of children especially uh but this is a major problem and it's all around us in every uh, community across the country and i really appreciate you all putting a focus on it the work that that David's done, and I know you're running out of time, so I will be quiet and say look forward to seeing you next <laughs> week. 
Yes, save it for next week. That's good. We love you. Thank you so much. You do great work uh, in in Washington D.C., Bruce, and keep up the good work there uh, in in that cesspool. We appreciate you, David. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you. It was good to be back with you. All right, a break, and then more on the Dave Ellswick show. Uh, the uh, eight o'clock hour. I'm going to get take an hour away from our time, Jimmy. We don't want to do that. You know, that, that, the, the camel never gets old. Yeah, I love the camel. Yeah. I got to tell you, I've, I've never been, gets up. been wanting to do that for a long time. I got to get with uh, Aaron after the show. There's a couple more sound effects I want to add that I got to have, but uh, we'll get we'll get those on later on today. Don't forget again, we're going to show the movie uh, Sound of Freedom. Now, if you've won tickets, you have to pick your tickets up no later than this afternoon, because if you don't. Or you don't let us know that you're coming. I'm going to give those tickets away tomorrow. Because I want every seat to be filled in the theater. uh, To see the movie. To hear the roundtable. And to uh, give a few dollars to the good folks at PATH. To help them out to carry out their their job of uh, fighting against this uh, terrible thing called human trafficking. I didn't realize Bruce uh, was so uh, involved with it on the federal level. Glad to hear that. And then a great story, of course, as we heard from David Meeks. He was instrumental back. And again, I didn't realize it had been 10 years already. But 10 years ago when uh, I talked to him and he was telling me what he was doing and uh, bipartisan group bills that he was putting together on the state level, and I started having him on talking about them, and uh, then Polaris, which is a national group, came in to help push those bills along. And uh, we did a full day at the Capitol about uh, human trafficking. And uh, we had a big meeting at the, uh, the Capitol Rotunda. And I remember how disappointed I was that more people didn't show up. I think this this movie is really going to move the emphasis on human traffic to where, hope. where it needs to be. I mean, a lot of people are going to see it. I mean, like I said, it just cracked the $100 million mark yeah. at the box office. And, uh, That's huge. Well, and, it's, and it, from Hollywood perspective, it, it's, it, it's been fighting an uphill battle yeah. from the beginning because oh, yeah. there are so many in Hollywood that really don't even want this movie out there, right? The, from what I understood, somebody bought I, the story or bought the script mm-hmm. and they were going to do it then they decided not to do it and you only have a certain amount of time uh, when the script is available uh, that you can do it and so um, the people from from Angel uh, the group that are that's doing this it's a faith based company bought the script from this other these other people and uh, made the movie. I know that there's a studio now that gave up the rights to that movie that are going, duh, <laughs> you know, as far as that goes. But it, Hollywood should pay some attention to this kind of stuff. What is it that people really have an appetite for? All right. Indiana Jones didn't do as well as they, th- they thought it would do. I think no. $65 million or whatever. This movie has just blown the doors off uh, at the box office because it, it, it tells a, a very emotional story. 
about a very, very terrible thing. It's it, And it's horrific. And I don't know. I don't know because Hollywood is, is so much like a lot of the cable news, right? They want to push a narrative, their agenda. And if it doesn't go down... Their agenda, they don't care what the people want, well, so to they speak. Don't, they don't want to do anything that smacks of conservatism to them, even though this is not left versus right. No, these this are, is right versus evil. This is this is human beings. This is yes. this is horrific. And you would think as much is rightfully so when we all talk about slavery in uh, the past history of slavery in our country and things like that. Okay, you know, Hollywood will jump on things like that, but this is real-time slavery. Real-time. Yes, it is. And they they just shy away from it, and it just doesn't fit their overall agenda. One of the things that, that I hope this movie does by bringing the emphasis is because we – we're under such constraints. You have people like Davey, you have congressmen, we have law enforcement, military, people in Homeland Security, people on the ground that are in the dirt every day risking their lives to try to save these people, to try to get them out of slavery, to try to get them home. But they're under such constraints, the constraints that the cartels don't have. So if you wonder why... Yeah, you're fighting them... With both hands tied behind yeah, your back. Yeah, they're getting – the cartel has only got better at this while we're under constraints. And I, I know I'm a – you know, I'm pretty aggressive on stuff, but I liken this to – you know, Pretty. Why can't we – yeah, why can't yeah. we take the gloves off? Because <laughs> we have a military, and we have, we have the resources. And when I said with French Hill, when we talk about the military is there to kill the enemy – you know, I firmly believe that we have the resources, the military, the structure to go in and just kill the cartel. What have I told you about the yeah. cartels? I said that's why we what we get wet teams for. That's right. That's right. That, but the question is, do we? Do, is there political will to do that? Now I can picture no, because right. they're afraid they're going to get a bullseye painted on their back. Yes, exactly, exactly. And my God, we have gone to war for less than this. Yes, we have. So, so, I mean, what is the deal? You know, I liken to this is we are under attack. We are under attack. Let's liken it to Japan. Japan attacked us in Pearl Harbor, right? Mm -hmm. All right. Think about that attack. Think about the American lives that have been lost or, or wounded for life or ruined by the cartels versus that one attack from Japan. We went to all-out war over that one attack, and we should have. But think of how many lives are being lost here compared to that one attack, and we're not doing anything. We're not doing anything. When the Twin Towers got hit, boy, we came out swinging with a sledgehammer, and we should have. But compared the deaths that have gone to that people have died at the hands of the cartels through human trafficking or suffering, da-da-da, drugs and everything, but we won't take the gloves off for that. Well, how many people want to buy an electric car when you know that the one of the major um, elements that they use to make the batteries with are being you know, dug up out of the ground in the Congo? And you, t- you heard what Bruce Westerman was saying. Yeah. They've, they've got video of bringing these kids... 
in bags. They're they bagging them up. They, like, bag them, they bag them up like flour or yeah, something. That's right. Take like them grain. down into the pit, un, undo the the bag, and they buy these kids yeah. down in the pits, and then they, they put them to work uh, mining cobalt, and it's going to kill yeah. them. It's 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 they're they're not to people. They're not human. They're commodities. They're that, just well. That's exactly what they are. In a, a disposable commodity. Yeah. At that. In, and I, and I still this day, I mean, I don't have all the answers. There's no doubt about it. I just don't understand why we just don't go, look, no, we're done. And guess what, guys? You're about to die. Yeah, where's the U.N. at in this? Yeah, well. Why aren't they <laughs> saying something? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm being facetious. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. <clears throat> I mean, it's rhetorical and being facetious. Yeah. Jimmy, you got a hold of the, uh, the sheriff uh, down in Hot Springs County. Uh, I mentioned this on the air. Jan Morgan on her Facebook. Uh, posted a story, and uh, it dealt with Hot Springs County. It dealt with an individual in Hot Springs County, and then it, it, it uh, she called out the sheriff and the prosecuting attorney. I'll let you pick it up from there. Yeah, I'm going to read Jan Morgan's post. She's got several. Go to her page, though, where you can really see this in the pictures she's got with it. But she titles it Arkansas Action Alert. She said, Hot Springs County Sheriff Scott Fingerbiner and Hot Springs County Prosecuting Attorney Teresa Howe need to explain to the people why they are allowing an indicted child sexual predator whose attorney claims in court documents, which she says she includes in, in her post, he is not competent enough to stand trial, yet he is allowed to operate a nonprofit free horse riding facility for young girls while also starving to death horses on his property. Okay, Sheriff Finkbeiner admitted to me that they have been getting complaints for seven months and that the first visit on the property, property, his agency ordered Don Snyder to put down one of the horses on the spot because its condition was beyond saving. No animal cruelty citation issued. Then there are more horses on the property that the sheriff said he ordered to be removed because of their condition. No animal cruelty citation issued for that either. So instead of instead of charging Don Snyder with multiple counts of animal cruelty, which is a felony crime, he is allowed to kill the horse or move the horse to avoid prosecution. Snyder claims he recuses, uh, rescues these horses and they are in bad shape when he gets them. Yet the sheriff has been provided with documentation after documentation, dated photos proving the condition of the horses Snyder purchased. Photos on his own page showing the horse's condition on arrival at his property, then current photos of 500-pound or more weight loss. Don Snyder's horses and young girls riding them have now been banned from at least three riding clubs because the animals are in too bad a condition to be riding and Don's police records as a child sexual predator. That's uh, Let me tell you, folks, that's a pretty big claim that she states that uh, as a child sexual predator. All right, the sheriff, she, said, she goes on to say, the sheriff admitted to me they know this guy's a bad guy, yet they're afraid to prosecute him. That would be a big admission. Uh, my question is this. What does this indicted child sexual predator 
have on people in power that that county have on people in power in that county that they are afraid to nail him on multiple counts of animal cruelty how many young girls have to end up in a psych hospital after hanging out with snyder before police follow through on his continuous behavior involving young girls if he is competent enough to run a nonprofit, then he is competent enough to stand trial on his arrest in a child sex thing operation. Arkansas, it's time to demand the sheriff and prosecutor do their jobs. And then she goes on to say, call them and let them know how you feel. Now, let me clarify something here real quick. Uh, we've got some actual records and stuff that kind of go against what Jan is saying here. But, Aaron, have we got the sheriff on the line? Yes. Okay, great, because she, Sheriff, she really, really went after you hard on this. So uh, give us your perspective. What's, what's your first initial re- reaction to what she said? Well, there were so many false statements in that post. I don't know where to begin. Um, first off, our agency has not ordered any horses off of the property um, and I never did claim that. Um, there was another agency, one of the state agencies, in one of these many, many appearances they had on this farm, showed up, and there was a horse that had been sent there to be euthanized. And so they told him, go ahead and euthanize the horse immediately. They didn't want him to wait any, you know, later that day or the next day. Because the horse was not in good shape. The horse had just arrived at the farm. Um, it was not new to anything that he had done. Um, we started getting complaints uh, not long after I took office uh, in January. We started getting a handful of complaints. Most of them were from the same people. Um, we we followed up. We made visits to the farm. Um, every time we went, things were in legal order. So we get into March. We decided, you know, perhaps, you know, we are overlooking something. We need we need to to make sure we're doing doing what's right. So we reached out to the special agent for the Arkansas Department of Agriculture Criminal Division, which they have regulatory powers and they also have law enforcement powers. So they can make arrests, they can cite you with a citation, they can do a lot of things. So they started coming out uh, with us, making inspections of this farm. Um, They concurred with us. There was a couple minor regulatory issues, I believe. I don't even know the details that was there. Their cases, and it was minor paperwork issues about transporting a horse or something. They corrected that. Uh, we've moved forward. They continued, um, you know, so many of the same people, which I need to, to, to say, one of the people that started this entire um, media thing on this, this farm was an ex-girlfriend that lived with him there and was very, very upset with him. So you take that in consideration, and we moved forward anyway and said, let's find out. So once we get uh, through March, um, the Department of Agriculture, they had actually consulted with the Federal Bureau of Land Management. They came out and looked looked at the farm. There were veterinarians from Glenwood, uh, Hot Springs, different people come out to the farm, made inspections of this farm. Um, we move on till just a few weeks ago. Um, the governor's office is getting you know, phone calls from the same people about we're not doing our jobs. They send a state veterinarian down to to Western Hot Spring County and inspect this farm and these animals. One of the things that, that they told me they called as soon as they left the department. The Department of Agriculture investigators called me 
And one of the first things they told me that the, the vet and them were surprised about, as soon as they climbed into the to the pen with these horses, they immediately walked up to them and were extremely friendly. The horses did. They said, which really means that somebody is handling these horses very well. They're, you know, very friendly to people. So we have went through all this. We've had, you know, hundreds of man hours invested in this. Uh, the state statute for animal cruelty, or you know, for, for not feeding these things, you have to give them three things, adequate food, water, and shelter. So there's not really criminally a lot that we can do as long as he is in compliance. We have been out there, you know, like I said, more than seven times. It might be eight, but I'll say at least seven times. Um, the Department of Agriculture has been out probably a half a dozen times, um, multiple veterinarians. Even the, the, the guy that's hired to do the, the shooting of the horses is there every week. He has been interviewed. We've interviewed multiple other people uh, involved in this. It, it, unfortunately, it's not a crime for a horse to lose weight, and there's many reasons for that. You know, there could be, could be wormy. There's, there could be old age. Many of the horses are 30 years old plus. So we cannot prosecute somebody because a horse loses weight. Um, we have already made multiple prosecutions of people for animal cruelty. Um, and ironically, the same person starting this debate over this farm has also been posting all over social media that we are violating the civil rights of another person that we have charged criminally and civilly with uh, fighting chickens and dogs that had broken bones that were nailed into boxes we had to get out. Um, so we're being accused on both sides by the same people of, of in one case, we're violating their civil rights for charging them and taking the animals. And on the other side, on this case, we're being accused of not caring about animals. Sheriff, on all your visits out there with your department, have you seen any state statute that's been violated? No, we have not. I think that's a big key. And for folks out there listening, I think they need to understand something, too, that the law enforcement officers, the sheriff and his department, they can bring charges, in, but it's it, even, even if they did, it has to go through the prosecutor, and the prosecutor will decide whether to prosecute or not. Now, uh, Jan has attacked the prosecutor as well, so I'm sure you've been in contact. You have, you've given everything you can or kept the prosecutor updated. Would that be a fair assumption? Yes, yes they, are, they are aware. And um, we received some new photos yesterday uh, from another individual not associated with this. I spoke with them last night for nearly an hour. Uh, we will follow up with this case and make sure... You know, and it is basically the same thing that I worked there that had lost some weight. Uh, and, you know, we're really in a spot. I, I really, I, I'm a, a huge animal lover myself. I was raised with horses. My father had racehorses. We had cattle. I've got, we have dogs now. They, you know, I'm a huge animal lover. We work really well with all the animal organizations, both in Hot Spring County and in Garland County. Um, this the fact that uh, there's not a statute violation, uh, we cannot, in good conscience, move forward and try to to charge somebody that we do not believe has violated a statute. I mean, that's that's kind of what happens in banana republics, you know. That or that's things that 
the Biden administration does. We do not do those things. Um, whether you are a good person, a bad person, you have been charged or not, you have to be convicted in the United States before a crime is held against you. Um, we, we cannot punish or, or go after somebody because they've been charged. That's not how it works. All right. Sheriff, we're going to come back and continue our conversation with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show in a moment. i got to get a break in, got to pay Got to pay the light bill, keep the lights on, and keep the air conditioning on, which even though it's not working very well here in my studio. But the bottom line, we'll, we'll come back and, and continue the conversation with you. We're talking to the sheriff of Hot Springs County here on the Dave Ellswick Show. East End Towing wants you to know if your uh, car breaks down on the side of the road, you need to get off the road. Uh, East End Towing, that's people to call. I use them all the time. Uh no matter the situation, they know how to handle it. I mean, these are folks that belong to the Arcel Tow and Recovery Board. They're licensed. They're insured. Every truck is permitted. Uh, they do it, and they do it right. I have never had a problem with East End Towing, and I don't believe you will either. But the only thing you need to do is to have their phone number. one 501 one five zero one eight 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 eighty eight forty nine. Remember that name, East End Towing. All right, we'll continue. We're talking about uh, what's going down uh, in Hot Springs County. Uh, Jan Morgan on her Facebook page. Uh, we read what she said on her Facebook page. We've got the sheriff on now. Uh, who she went after very, very aggressively on her Facebook page, and he came back and answered uh, uh, a lot of the kind of accusations that were made. We've got him on the air right now, and uh, we wanted to just kind of shift the, uh, the questioning just a little bit with you, Sheriff, to talk about the gentleman that's being talked about in uh, this whole story. Go ahead, Jimmy. Yeah, Sheriff, uh, Donald Snyder, Don Snyder's the gentleman we're talking about, and um, uh, Jan had made some claims in her in her post, uh, but one thing she doesn't point out that I want to point out, I want to point out the facts here. He was charged with internet stalking of a child, uh, and the violation date was back in uh, October 2018, but he was not prost. He was he. The charges were dropped, and he wasn't prosecuted. And Jan doesn't really go into that in the post. So I just want to verify this. This Donald Snyder, and who I don't know. I'm not vouching for his character by any means, or saying that he's a, that he's a good guy. I don't think you are either. But I just want to clarify. He was not prosecuted for it, for that crime. Is that correct? That is correct. That was uh, actually handled out of another county. It wasn't even Spring County. Um, I don't know the the guy. I've never never met him myself personally. My investigators have, um, and, and we, of course we get people call from from all different sides claiming that you know he, he's not a good guy. To some people call and say that he is. We, we don't know him, and really that's it's not as far as well, it's not your job, is it? Right? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter yeah. if it's a. Uh, it's not illegal to not be a good guy. So, yeah. so we we try to deal with the, the facts and, and the laws. We we cannot get emotionally invested in cases. We we have to move forward and try to treat everybody equally. Yeah. Now, Sheriff Jan had posted yesterday some new photos, 
and I want and I and I and I know you've seen them. Uh, she has uh, got the photos more or less like memes where it shows a healthy horse, where they said uh, horse arrives at Snyder's place, good looking horse horse after being there, and it looks like the horse is is uh, is is being starved. Uh, she's got a another photo of horses that. She, that she's claiming are showing up in good shape and then are in in bad shape have you been able to verify if these photos are authentic is is this actually the case because anybody i'm not saying it's the case anybody can put together photos and, and create memes and so is there any verification on any of these photos that you've found yet yes we have investigated the photo photographs um some of those photos that have been posted, especially originally, have not. They were not taken at that farm. They okay. were not taken at that. Were not taken at the at the farm. Some of them. Some of them were. Some of the photographs were taken at Mr. Snyder's farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in some, in one case, at least one case, the horse, one of the horses posted, had never been to that farm. So, really. Yes. So that that's this whole thing started really getting started based off some false information uh and then it it, is kind of taking a life of its own now some of the photographs are of horses that have been there some of the horses arrived you know in that manner arrived Um, arrived malnourished malnourished and then some of them have lost weight at his farm that's absolutely true um well sheriff i'm old farm boy and we ran 200 head of mama cows and in the bottom line is when you have livestock they're like humans livestock get sick and I'm not making excuses or anything, but it's not uncommon for... But but yeah. he's had multiple veterinarians that have gone yeah. out here. He had the state veterinarian go out there. The governor sent the state and, veterinarian. Yeah, and, <laughs> and none of them have reported anything criminally or even, no. you, know, and, uh, you know, wrong. Is that correct? That is correct. And also, I did speak last night again with the uh, main investigator for the Department of Agriculture. They are putting together reports. There are multiple veterinarians that are going to put together reports, the state vet report. We are going to release all of that. those reports as soon as we get them. We're, I'm hoping in the next week to two weeks we will have those back from the other agencies. And we're going to release all of this to the public so that they can see exactly what they did, the interviews, the, the, their findings when it comes to these horses and their health. That way, everybody will know. We're not, you know, there's nothing we're trying to hide. I don't know this guy, uh, Mr. Snyder. So I want everybody to know the truth. I want them to know exactly what we know. I, I want to get your response to something because Jan's very aggressive, and she makes a statement in the post. What does the indicted child sexual predator have on people in power in that county that they are afraid to nail him on multiple counts of animal cruelty. Now we we've established from what you're talking about that there's there no is statu- no animal cruelty, right? That no statue's been. But I want to get your response to her kind of accusation about the about uh, it's it's actually an accusation of of corruption, and I want to get your response to her statement on that. Yeah, we absolutely we know nothing about this guy of this farm. He has no connections to anybody, um, and anybody that has followed my campaign or, or our administration uh, can tell you really quickly that we do not care who your family is, what your title is. Um, that was a big part of my campaign. Um, 
I don't care. And and my daughter and, and people in my family that have known me for years, they know that. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to defend or protect anyone. I'm also, on the other side, I'm not going to go after somebody that hadn't violated the law. If I don't want to be treated, I don't want anyone to be treated in a way that I wouldn't be willing to be treated myself. Uh, and this guy doesn't know anybody that, you know, that I know of that has any connection. We don't operate that way. Going back real quick to the to the sexual uh, charges against Mr. Snyder, have you had any reports or incident reports filed or anything like that for any kind of a sexual, uh, child sexual abuse at Don Snyder's uh, farm or ranch? There has been nothing filed, filed against him. However, if anybody has any information about that, we would really love for them to, to contact us. Because if there were, if there is anything going on, we would be all over it. Okay. What um, What's your phone number, Sheriff? Uh, well, you can contact uh, my office. Let me get. Uh, I'll have to get grab you the number. Uh, I'd like to get my cell phone number out on the air. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, well, I think I've got it, Sheriff. The uh, The Sheriff's office is five zero one three three two three six seven one. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Okay, 501-332-3671. All right. We're out of time, Sheriff. We thank you for making – look, we called him not more than 20 minutes ago. Yeah, he was gracious to come yeah, on. Yeah, he Very really, gracious, really was. Sheriff. And we thank you for doing that, and uh, we appreciate your time, Sheriff. Uh, thank you. All right. Bye-bye now. All right. So the Sheriff from out there in Hot Springs County, good to have we'll him, get him back on, on and talk, yeah. you know, if, if necessary. Coming up after the top of the hour, Jan Morgan will join us right here live on the Dave Ellswick Show. Jan Morgan, who is a friend of the show, has been for many, many years, joins us now here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Jan, how are you this morning? Hey, I'm doing awesome, Dave. So good to be with you this morning. Feels like old times. Hi, Jimmy. Hey, how you doing, okay, Jan? So I'm doing great. Did you have an opportunity to listen to what the sheriff had to say here just a few moments ago? Yes, absolutely. And let me preface this by saying I, I like uh, Sheriff Scott Finkbeiner. I've supported him in his campaign for sheriff. I still like him. We're still Facebook friends. Uh, but I, I, I feel that he's wrong in this situation, and uh, I, I had to call him out on it and call out the prosecuting attorney in hopes that there would be enough exposure and public pressure to get them to act on this case. And I'll be glad to respond to, to all of the things he said. Do you want me to just start, or do you want to? Yeah, I, think, I don't. I don't have to walk through all of it. Okay. We've okay. we've been friends long so, enough that I know you can deal sure. with. So go. Absolutely. So well, let's start with the with the guy that's in question, uh, Don Snyder. So uh, Jimmy, I did provide on my pages the court records, all the court records regarding his case. He was arrested in 2018 uh, as part of a child sex sting operation with uh, 12 other people. There were 13 people arrested in total. Uh, his case, his attorney, he, 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 the charges were not dismissed because he was innocent or because he claimed innocent. His attorney claimed that he was mentally defective and that that was going to be their defense and they wanted a mental evaluation because according to his attorney this guy is not mentally competent enough to understand quote the illegality of his actions in other words they aren't saying that he that he didn't do something illegal they're saying that he didn't have the mental competence to understand the illegality that information is all in the court records that's not my opinion that's specifically what i found uh, and I will be calling Dallas County. Once again, this is not Sheriff Finkbeiner's county. This is Dallas County where this happened. And that's where the first ball was dropped. 
What I have not been able to determine is I can't find any records yet where his case was entirely dismissed. It, uh, so I'm working on that. But uh, so there, there you have that happened in 2018. Fast forward, this same guy now has opened up a 501c3 where it's called a horse rescue heavenly hoop, and he's taking in these horses uh, as a rescue operation. Also, I'm told that he takes in horses to die uh, or to be put to death. The sheriff said that he actually takes horses there to be put to death. They're sent there to be put to death. Um, and he gives free riding lessons to young girls. And it's become quite a popular hangout for young girls. What could possibly go wrong here? Uh, if I were the guy and, you know, and I had a half a brain cell, I would not want to be running an operation where, you know, where I had been accused uh, and had claimed mentally defective. <laughs> I would not want to be anywhere around young girls and in a situation where I could even be remotely accused of that sort of thing again. But here we are with that situation. Now, uh, what the sheriff doesn't understand about my history is I don't post uh, false information. Every single thing I posted, I can validate with factual information. Every single horse that I have shown was on that property. Maybe it was moved before the sheriff got involved with their investigation. But every horse was on the property. And the last two memes that I sent you today, Dave, uh, one, of them, one of them belongs to a woman. That horse, the Palomino, belongs to a uh, woman in Howard County. Her name is Madison Cook. And she's listening to your show, by the way, right now. She reached out to me, and she, said, and she has no relation to this guy whatsoever. She said, I'd never heard of him before he showed up at my place to buy my horse. My horse was in good condition. I wasn't looking for a rescue. She has other livestock. It's not an issue. So... I have documentation showing in that meme she sold the horse late December. Don Snyder on his own page showed the horse on his page, perfectly healthy, saddled up on December 22nd. Five months later, that horse is five to 700 pounds underweight, bones showing. Uh, Jimmy, you, you, you may have grown up on a farm, but let me tell you something. I raised horses. I had a wrench. I, was, I rodeoed. I did horse shows. I, I finished at the top of my class at East Texas State University in horse conditioning uh, because I was raising horses. I've actually been involved in several cases that were prosecuted, animal cruelty cases involving horses. Uh, one of them I actually testified in. Several I just was involved in reporting them and getting them exposed. And I have never in my life seen a case where there's so much documented proof that still the person wasn't being prosecuted. In the sheriff's defense, he says he doesn't know the guy, but he told me in a phone conversation he, he knows this is a bad guy. His words. I know he's a bad guy. Uh, but I think the sheriff is a little bit concerned. Maybe he doesn't have the backing of the prosecuting attorney. Maybe she doesn't want to deal with this. But the problem is, and then I showed you another picture. I sent you another one. This woman, now both of these horses were still on the property as of a couple of days ago. One of the ladies went and got her horse. She literally went and picked it up a couple of days ago. And I showed you the before and after picture of hers. She was a, I think she used to work for the fire department. She's highly upset. Her name is Shauna. She's not related or connected to this guy in any way. She's not an ex-girlfriend or whatever. Uh, I have not communicated with ex-girlfriends or ex-wives or whatever they're, he's trying to refer to. Maybe some of the original complaints came from those people, but those aren't the cases that I posted on my page. I know better than that. Um, so here's the deal, and since I have produced those, and Madison contacted me with her situation, she said, I am very concerned about my horse. I, I mean, I, I had no idea, and now I just, I, I want something, I want the horse fed and watered. Okay, so you've got the state veterinarians, you've got the state livestock people, 
Department of Agriculture coming in and investigating. Understand that this guy has had months to move horses around, and in a lot of these cases where there is an investigation ongoing, they either put down the horses that are in worse shape, which is what happened on his property day one, or they remove them from the property so that they can't be evaluated. So all the Livestock Commission and veterinarians can do is they arrive on the scene, and the horses that are present, if they have food, water, and shelter, that's all they can, you know, they they can't do anything about anything else unless the horse is in such bad condition it's falling over dead. Uh, I guarantee you Don Snyder's not going to have any horses that are in that condition right now, although one of the pictures I just showed you of a horse that was removed from there a couple of days ago is pretty darn close. Uh, so my, my deal is I, I want this 501c3 investigated. I want these cases that are clearly documented, time-stamped uh, proof that the horse arrived in good condition and is now in horrible condition, uh, I want those cases prosecuted. That is a prosecutable offense. And once you deal with that issue and get that 501c3 shut down, then any other potential issues that might be going on there are not going on uh, that in that. Um, so I, I can't turn my back on this, and I, I simply exposed it in hopes that something would get done. Well, Jan, let me just jump in and say, what's the sheriff to do if the veterinarians and the state veterinarian who was sent in from uh, the governor's, uh, you know, authorization are, are saying that there's nothing to prosecute? So he should take the new pictures that I've sent him today that are time stamped and show those to those agencies and say, OK, look, you know, the allegations. Have, have you've been given the allegations you can't prove and here's another thing I'm wondering if if they were provided documentation showing that every horse on that place arrived in a poor condition um, the sheriff himself told me well Jan the horses that he takes in are sent there to die or to be put down if that's the case then why is this guy loading those horses up in horse trailers and taking them around to uh, riding club arenas with these girls for them to ride on if a horse is in such bad condition that it that it needs to be put down, why are you putting young girls on them and riding them in riding clubs? And multiple riding club arenas have banned him and his his horses from their arenas because of number one his past history and number two because of the condition of the horses. Um, so I, you know, Do, Jen, are you are you saying they're banning him because of his past history on the sexual charge or because? Because of both, because of that and the condition, one of the arenas told me it was because of both. The you know when you've got horses that are in such, and I actually showed a picture of three of his horses at a riding club arena with young girls on them, and I I mean they're it, they're horrible. Um, so now the pictures you sent the sheriff today, he hasn't mm -hmm. had those in the past. No, he has not. Those are the newest ones. Okay, uh, and I'm I'm hoping, and he told Madison Cook. She talked to him for over an hour. He told her that he would show them to the prosecuting attorney. But, but his position is if the state veterinarians say that the horses are in good shape and they're being provided food, water, and hay, then there's nothing else that he can do. So I don't know, and I'm not hopeful that this new evidence is going to, to uh, make a difference. But it should have been provided to them. It should, I wish that the state had had that when they were out there. Uh, and they should have been able to get documentation. If you're a 501c3 and you're taking in horses, and I know if I had a ranch and I was taking in severely malnourished horses, I would take photos documenting the day of arrival of that horse. 
the condition of that horse. I would have it evaluated by a veterinarian. So I have written documentation by a veterinarian as well as photo proof. This is the condition this horse arrived in. So that if someone sees this horse on my property, I can't be charged with animal cruelty. Uh, because Jimmy, you know as well as I do, when horses get really, really old, they can get, they can start to look poor, and it's oh, difficult yeah. to yeah. Keep, keep weight on them. Uh, I had a 40-year-old horse on my place that at one time that but was in poor condition, but I had solid vet records to show we did everything possible, and that's why the horse lived to be 40. She, she was healthy, um, so as long as she was alive. So, uh, you know, my point is, is the, the state. They, they, I'm sure it's going to be easier for them to just say, look, we checked. The horses out there have food, water, and hay. There's no horses falling over dead. So, And he says that these horses arrived here this way, so there's nothing else really that we can do about it. And that's the easy way out, and that's probably what's going to happen here. But when you have case after case after case, documented proof that this horse arrived here in this condition, and then this is the way the horse looks now. And if you've got documented proof that he's taking these horses that are supposed to be sent there to die, and he's taking them to riding arenas for kids to be riding on and pushing them in barrel racing and competition sports, then that's animal cruelty in itself as well. So my, my question is this. Is this a riding stable for young girls, or is this a horse sanctuary rescue where horses are sent to die? Uh, you can't you – know, you, you, if you're going to do both, you better have some clear documentation on every single horse you have there, or you're going to run into this kind of situation. All right, we got to get a break. You know how it works, Jan. I got to take a break sure. right now. We'll be right sure. back. We'll finish up the conversation with Jan Morgan, uh, dealing with this the uh, this you know ranch, you know, and and what they're what they're doing, and uh, and about the horses, and are they being taken care of or aren't they? Uh, you heard from the sheriff. We're hearing from Jan Morgan now. Now you get to hear from me and tell you about employee retention credit. Uh, ERC, uh, that's up to $26,000 per W-2 employee, refundable tax credit, not a loan. Uh, you don't have to pay it back because it's your money, all right? It's your tax money that you're getting back. No strings attached on those funds. Qualifications have changed. At first, it was very difficult to get in. Now they've uh, loosened it up so uh, small businesses can get in. If you have a, a small business of five to 500, you should be looking at this. Uh, You can get both the ERC and the PPP. All you have to do to know exactly what you have to do to file the paperwork and all the rest, ERCEZ123. That's the name of the website. ERCEZ123.com. To about seven minutes left here in this half hour with Jan Morgan. She's joined us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. At my bequest, I asked her to come on because this popped up on my uh, social media this morning. I read it. I read what the sheriff had to say, and I said, "Man, we need to get them both on. And let them talk." And that's what yeah. I've done oh, today, yeah, and that's is. what I wanted to do. Jan, let me just—I just want to be clear about one thing about the the vets. Do they just come mm-hmm. out and look, and if if they observe that there's food, there's water, and there's shelter, that's all that that they're going to check, or do they go look I, at the health I of cannot, the animals? I cannot tell you what the vets did out there. I have no idea, although I'm going to be talking with somebody uh, today with the Livestock Commission to provide them with this new information because I don't, I don't think they've been provided with it. Uh, but what I do want to say, too, is this. I also provided documentation to the sheriff from Don Snyder's own Facebook page where he admitted that those horses were malnourished and he hadn't been feeding them, but he blamed it on the kids. He said, I, I, I'm at fault, and the kids, you know, they do it. They weren't feeding them, and I should have, you know, I didn't know, but now I'm in control of this situation. But that was back in December. 
so why do we still have horses between December and now that is in specifically the one horse I showed you a picture of today lose five to seven hundred pounds if he's feeding and taking care of them so and it you know at the very least Dave uh, our exposure of this has at least brought attention to it and maybe for the time being those horses are going to be more closely monitored and evaluated although when the livestock commission in the state once they close their case it's over uh, I'm just hoping I can get these latest pictures to them that show timestamp along with Don's admission admission on his own Facebook page that he did not feed the horses and that they lost a lot of weight uh, and that he knew that it was a weight loss issue and non-feeding issue and malnourishment issue he said this in his post uh, and I can provide that to you. I, I put it on my pages where he said that but because he said now that I'm feeding them they're, they're looking better so he knows that's what the issue was so he can he can tell the sheriff that all these horses arrive there that way and yet on his own page he admitted uh, that that's not the case so I, I I just want the horses taken care of and I want to make sure that children are not exposed to someone who was allowed to fall through the cracks of a system where he should have been uh, prosecuted. I am also told, Dave, do I have a couple of more minutes? Yeah, I want to yeah, you got, you got so, another three minutes. Go. Okay, great. So in my, in my investigation of this case and trying to find out why the court records stop at his attorney requesting a mental evaluation, claiming he's mentally incompetent to understand the illegality of his actions of soliciting sex with a 15-year-old, uh, I was also told by somebody on this side in law enforcement that the reason that case was dropped is because the 15-year-old uh, that was soliciting, that he was soliciting for sex, was actually an undercover officer who was not 15. So that makes it a victimless crime. And then the charges were dropped because it's a victimless crime. But I've talked to Sheriff Chris Brown and some other sheriffs since I found that out, although I haven't been able to validate if that's the real reason, if that's the case, because I'm aware of a number of cases where undercover officers pose as minors in order to... Uh, catch these predators, online predators, and <laughs> they are prosecuted. So whatever happened in Dallas County is my next, my next uh, task to find out, to get to the bottom of why this guy is not a registered sex offender and why that case was allowed to slip through the crowd. Uh, we're going we're to take, take a look at it also because you know how I feel about sex offenders. Oh, yeah, especially child child sex offenders and then now you know dave if i were him the last thing i would want to do if i had been accused of a crime like that and claimed mentally defective would be to put myself in a situation where i'm exposed to young girls all the time uh and could be accused of something like that again it's just not it's not a good situation and uh you know that's but that's exactly where we are hey dan you go after the sheriff and the prosecutor pretty hard on this in your post. You say, mm -hmm. what does the indicted child sex predator have on people in power in that county mm -hmm. that they're afraid to nail him on multiple counts of animal cruelty? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a pretty strong statement. Do you have something to sh that you know or to show that the sheriff's department or the prosecutor is making willful attempt not to Jimmy, do anything about it? Jimmy, this is a guy now that has twice uh, managed to escape a system, and in the first instance, he didn't claim that he didn't that he didn't commit the the alleged crime. He claims mentally deficient, and now he's managing to escape this uh, somehow, somewhere along the way. It's, it's difficult for me to understand how this guy can can twice escape uh, such a clear cut case. And as I said, I have been involved in animal cruelty investigations in the past. Actually, testified in the case, and of all the cases I've been involved in that were prosecuted. 
I, this is kids, there's more evidence in this case than any other, and it's hard to understand uh, why they can't they can't get something done on this. Uh, in one case that I know of, the the situation was dealt with by police. They just you know went on the property and said, look, you know this is the situation. If you don't remove these horses, have them sent to a regular rescue, we're going to prosecute you uh, because we have proof here of this, 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 and this. Now you want to be left alone. You need to you need to allow us to remove these horses from the property. And in most cases, those those owners agree to that because they they realize that there is evidence there that they can't deny. Uh, in this case, that's not how this is handled. Uh, he was allowed to move horses. Horses have been moved from the property. One was moved yesterday. Uh, this other lady's wanting to come and get hers, uh, and is trying to get permission to do that. So, All right. uh, yeah. All right, I got to jump in. I'm out of time, Jan. I want to thank you for Thanks, joining Jan. me on short notice. All right talk to you guys Thank all right you so talk much. to you later all right jan morgan here on the dave ellswick show i don't want you to buy one let me buy mine and don't be buying one for yourself you bad one a win. billion dollars yeah. that's what's up for grabs tonight some somebody's going to win sooner or later i know it's one in 292 million yeah. i mean I no reason it can't be dave ellswick but there's still yeah it doesn't say that you can't I, I got bigger chances being hit by a meteorite but I'm just telling Still you. Still a chance. There's you can't you don't have a chance if you don't have a ticket. It's kind of like the movie Dumber Dumber when he looks there and says, "So you're telling me I got a chance?" Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is true. I never thought about that. That's a great part in that in that movie. I love that. That was a great movie. It really was. That's when Jim Carrey was funny. Yeah. You know, that's when he was funny. That's back when I liked him. Not anymore. He's not funny no. anymore. He, no, he's, he's got mental problems. Yeah. He, he said it. He's got some mental problems. But he he acted so so crazy all the time. I mean, remember when he did, what was it, Fireman Bob on yeah. in Living Color? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, that was... That what was, is it? That guy time. so talented... I mean, just so chock full of talent, but then he goes off on these deals, and you're going, man, I just what a waste. And he's right? got mental problems. Yeah, he's, you know? yeah, he's. That's something that. Look, I I I was a thespian when I was in high school, and I didn't. I, I did a few things when I was in a college. Thespian. A thespian. An actor. Is that an actor? That's an actor. See, in Lono County, we not, call him an actor. Not actor. Actor. A C T E R. You know, actor. When, right? That's when you you wore the scarf around your neck. Yeah. I know. I'm just saying. Uh, but anyway. I, I did a little bit of that kind of stuff, and I, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I like the arts. I've always liked the arts. But uh, I started hanging out with a lot of people, and uh, that's I fell in with people that were method actors. Mm-hmm. They didn't call it method acting back then, but that's where you, you, you start to live like you're that person that you're playing. Yeah. And then when you're not even on the stage, you start acting like that person. What? Those people, Robert got, De Niro, used to. A do lot that. of those people get weird, well, like Robert De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, him and the guy who played Batman here, yeah, not too long ago. And, and uh, oh, yeah, there's he, a long list. Yeah, a long like list like that, and it's it's dangerous. Okay, uh, now look, David Meeks has been good enough to call uh, to be part of the show again. He's only got a couple of minutes. As we were talking with Jan Morgan, and we were talking about this gentleman that has the uh, uh, ranch down in Hot Springs County, it came up that. Um, he was he was indicted but not found guilty of uh, internet stalking. And David sent me a real quick message and said, "Hey, that that's my bill that that was used." And so tell us about that, David. I mean, what 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 goes on as far as internet stalking? 
Sure, Dave. Um, it was actually brought to me by our uh, Faulkner County Sheriff back, you know, probably 2016, 2017. Um, they had an investigator that posed as a girl online um, and actually charged somebody with the Internet stalking of a child, uh, but it got thrown out at the Supreme Court because the language was not clear that uh, an investigator could be used. Basically, um, it had to be the victim at the time in order for the charges to stick. So we made a slight change so that the investigator could pose as a you know, 14, 15-year-old girl um, and then actually get charged with Internet stalking of a child. Um, so basically the way it works is normally um, the investigator uh, will either create a Facebook profile of some sort or, or kind um, and then either try to friend somebody or in, in normal cases the person, uh, you know, the monster is actually sending a friend request to that 14 or 15 year old. Um, and then they, you know, start chatting online uh, and then the investigator tries to get the person to actually meet with them. Um, and it's very specific so that they have the evidence. The person shows up, and then they're able to arrest them for Internet stalking of a child. Okay. And now, but you had to close that, that uh, you know, that hole that was there so that uh, maybe somebody like this guy, evidently because of that particular thing uh, that the Supreme Court was asking, maybe got off on this. Is that right? Well, from the time frame, I think they said 2018 or whatever, um, the law would have been fixed by then. Okay. Um, and I remember hearing reports like down in Dallas Cali County of them making quite a few arrests. All right. Um, I think at one time, yeah, you know, was, they were at, He was part of that uh, that big yeah, group of 13, 13. Yeah, a sting, I think they did. And Right, yeah. And, that, and again, I don't know... Specifically about that case, but I know in 2018, 2019, um, Dallas County was working those pretty good. They had a, a specific investigator, um, you know, that was that works on that. Not all counties do, but apparently Dallas County did, um, and and so apparently somehow he was caught up in it. Um, and and again, I don't know because in order for them, it's a pretty high bar for them to be charged with internet stalking or to be convicted, I should say, of it. Um, and so they're, you know, they're, they're, I hate to speculate on, on that specific case, um, you know, but there's any number of reasons why um, they would have dropped the charges, you know, against anybody really. Um, you know, if they didn't meet up, a lot of times they don't have the evidence at that point or they can't prove, you know, that he was going to uh, do something terrible to the person. Um, you know, sometimes they may ask them to bring an object or to bring something so that they can match up and it could be he showed up and didn't have it um mm -hmm. you know so there's there are a lot of different reasons why um you know they may not be able to go through with um you know charging somebody well we're gonna we're gonna find out david because we're going to foi uh, dallas county and and get all the information on it and uh, and pursue this so that everybody knows what happened yeah absolutely um and another tool that uh, folks you know, can use it's out there. It's free, but there's something called AOC Court Connect, and a lot of times you can go um, and look at old cases and get documents and things of that nature as well, and don't even have to go through the FOI process. But uh, you know, that's always a possibility as well. Yeah, we always we always use Court Connect, and it it does give some documents. Uh, it does give some. Sometimes they'll put them on the web. Sometimes they won't. 
but it doesn't. But we're, we're going to get the investigation. Yeah, files. well, here's what we want to do. We want to look at this, and if there was some kind of loophole that they were able to use uh, to get around for this guy, uh, I'll find somebody that close it when the, uh, the the general assembly gets back together uh, again in 2025. Oh yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Well, and, and two, you know, they were in the time frame between you know the old law and the time that we were able to get it fixed. There was actually another statute, and I cannot remember exactly which one. It's a little bit lower bar. Um, and so sometimes if they cannot get them on Internet stalking of a child, they will try to use the other one as well. But I can't remember what that statute is right off the top of my head because it's been years and years and years. But um, there, there are other options for them. Because um, we, we made the, uh, the penalty for Internet stalking of a child. We actually bumped that up. Um, I think Cody Highland... Um, whom y'all know, um, you, you know, we wanted to be tough on these guys, and so we were able to bump it up. Thought we would get pushback, but we didn't get a whole lot, thankfully. Um, and so, if they're able to get them with it, um, it it's it's a pretty uh, pretty tough penalty for them. Yeah, David. Let me, before I let you go, let me ask you one last question: Why is there so much pushback about this stuff? Why why are there people that are out there that, for some reason, don't they, they kind of see this as a victimless crime? Um, I, I believe, you know, it's some of it is, is because you are using investigators that pose as girls, and so a lot of folks, or at least the feedback that I got, oh, you're, you're trying to trap them. Uh, well, you know. Better to trap uh, think, them than let them spring their trap. Well, exactly. I mean, they, they really, these folks that are doing this, they really think that they're talking to a 14, you know, 13, you know, 14-year-old girl. They really think that they're doing that. Um, they're there to actually do something, you know, thinking that they're going to meet a 14-year-old girl. Um, you know, there was one time I remember in Faulkner County, an investigator, um, where the guy actually had brought rope, had bought a plastic bag, you know, had brought other things. So it was not just that they were going to do something like, you know, sexual to this girl, but they were going to actually would have killed her if he would have met up with an actual girl. So I'm glad that that monster ran into an investigator. And I am too. Yeah. I agree with that. I wholeheartedly agree with him because you used the right word, monster. Yeah. Yeah. And that that yeah. person's a monster. All right, let's get back to work. I know you're taking a quick break, but I'll let you get back to work. Thanks for joining us again here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So, you yeah, know, appreciate having him on. Uh, you know, well. 